All right, everyone, welcome back to the Be Fit Podcast. I am your host, as always, Connor Murphy. Honored to be here with longtime friend, business partner, coworker, employee of pretty much everything that you could imagine that two people can. Ah, I was going to go there. Great friend of mine, Austin Maliolo. Welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. So the background between Austin and I, um, Austin has competed um, perennial CrossFit Games athlete. What's your, what was your first year competing? 2010. 2010 at the CrossFit Games all the way up until 2018. Yeah, yep. That, last year was a team, I think, yeah. 2018, making it to the CrossFit Games. Uh, stud athlete, but that pales in comparison to what he has done in the coaching world for CrossFit, not only as a head coach of Reebok CrossFit 1, but gym owner for multiple gyms, CrossFit seminar staff member, CrossFit seminar staff, Flowmaster, pretty much anyone who has done CrossFit or coached CrossFit in the Northeast, Austin has put them through either the level one or level two certificate course, um, just spreads a wealth of knowledge, a ton of passion. And what I want to talk about with him on the show is how he's been so inspirational, not by because he has the education to help people, but more so the modalities in which he lives by himself, the discipline that he has not always had, but created for himself to be able to create the life that he has now. And um, someone who has been incredibly inspirational to me. So before we start, thank you, one, for coming to the show, but two, for for everything you've done for me in my career. I appreciate that. I mean, it's a, you know, not everyone listens and that, you know, it's, you, you know Although we would get into some healthy arguments, um, you know, you're, you are a unique listener and you put things into action. So that's, that's on you. Well, the, the healthy argument part always just makes me laugh because there's probably a few people that have listened that have been there through some of the conversations where they're arguing over percentages on a site or over, <laughs> you know, where certain stuff will go in the gym. We used to have a facility in Canton that was... 30,000 square feet, and it was the fantasy factory of all, not just CrossFit affiliates, but gyms. And the reason why it looked brand new every day was because of the organization of Austin and how much he stressed the little stuff that I didn't think mattered as much. But again, you you start to learn from there. (laughs) Yeah, that, um, yeah, there was, there's a lot of learnings of being in such a big place and a place that like just kind of falls into your lap. Like, like oh I, all right well here's your the spot but um but also with that it's if there's one takeaway that I I always learned you know a lot from our arguments but then also like leaving as well like going away for a week or two or traveling around coming back and having something different was perspective it's so easy to think and and I just use gym layout as an example it's so easy to think that the way that you have it is the best way because it works, it looks good. You're used to it, right? It's it's a it's an intoxicating feeling of like, well, this is the way we do it, so it's the right way. And then next thing you know, you know, you would move something, or 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 like we'd have some big event, and then things would get put back in a different way, or, or for whatever, and it would actually be better. And I think that's one of those things where, and and that and that permeates to anything in life. And it's such a, I think that's a really, like I said, intoxicating thing in a negative way to fall into that trap. And I think that's one of the biggest things that healthy tension is so important for, and then the ability to actually not 
go with what you want, but what someone else wants. Because the reality is, at the end of the end of the day, you know, if you open a door, you can, you know, not many times have you you don't have the ability to actually, you know, close it and go come back out. Like very very few things are a point of no return, and and some things are, and those are big decisions. But most things you can open a door, walk through it, and be like, that's not what I want to do, <laughs> and walk back out and close it. You know, and I think that's you know. Something I definitely learned from that facility, and also you know the one in Boston, but you know a lot com- came from our conversations. It's interesting that you say that. <clears throat> I think it leads into some of why I think you can relate to the the listeners here, or why they can relate to you, is for that very reason. It's it's people are hesitant to open a door because they have this fear of this point of no return. But it, it, I feel like from knowing you for so long, there's been a lot of doors that you have realized. And it's not like a, hey, I peeked open this door. It was that this is the way that my life is. This is my lifestyle. There's doors that you've closed permanently and, and completely removed yourself from positions to be where you wanted to be. So if we talk about like history and past, you know, we were kind of at the, the Reebok Cross one, you're the head coach there. But, but take us back to how you got into that position. Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, saving the, the life story, if you will, I think the, I think, cause I know we chatted a little bit like the other day of like what you want to talk about. So I was thinking a lot about it where, you know, I think a lot of people talk about discipline and hard work. And, and I think that that story is a little played out, to be honest with you. I think it's easy to talk about that because I think there's a missing caveat to that. Cause I thought about, well, what, what allowed me to, you know, do what I love, right? Like have a, have a passion that also was my profession and, and, you know, and do some pretty amazing things and and still have the opportunity to. And a lot of that is recognize when there's an opportunity. And I think that's something that's easily forgotten is, and, and, and having the ability to act and act quickly and take risks where, you know, when I was younger, I was a disgruntled youth. I was, you know, you, you name it. And, you know, it's very few people, you know, in my life now, really know a lot of what I was like when I was a kid, you know, getting arrested, getting kicked out of school, you know, going, getting shipped away, all of this stuff for years. And, you know, and a lot of people talk about ups and downs, ups and downs. You know, I think, again, another thing I think people need to realize, you know, is that life is certainly if you are an intense individual, it's usually a lot of downs, very rare, like, oh, like, you know, had a bad day, then a good day. Like, it's like, and and then you have to find that spot that forces action. And I think that that's where, and like, so I had that moment in life. And and that's when I learned my most important value, which was just responsibility. That I'm responsible for my actions. I'm responsible for what I do, what I say, who I surround myself with, all of that. It's no one else's fault but mine. And when you're, it's so easy, certainly when you're growing up to blame other things, my parents, my friends, this situation, that situation, you know, and, and you hear like complaining and, and the blame game, but the reality is everything's your fault. And that to me was, you know, it's, it's scary, but it's also liberating. And that, that's what allowed me to, you know, I got back, I I went back to, I got kicked out of school, but I went back in, finished my degree. That's where, and again, you know whether it's serendipitous or not, like that's when I found CrossFit and and things like that. Um, But like the Reebok thing was a good example of, so I had the opportunity to go to CrossFit games. I made it in 2010. Um, And really I found CrossFit as I was training at a gym and I was just a personal trainer 
And for those of you trainers out there, everyone knows that like there's there's always this like salty vet trainer at like a, tr a traditional gym. Like they've been there, it seems like for like 30 years, right? Like a nice, well well curated beard and a bald head that's really shiny, you know, and like, you know, <laughs> you know like a t-shirt that's like tucked into wind pants and they're a little too high. Like that, that trainer, super knowledgeable, you know, and... And I'll just, his name was Eric, right? And, and he was like, yeah, I'll try this CrossFit thing out. And I was like, I was just a meathead, you know? Buys and tries and all that stuff that we all, you know, still loved. We may, maybe not do as often now. Um, and I did this workout, which was a named workout called Fran, right? It was thrusters at 95 pounds and pull-ups. So front squat and a push press and then some pull-ups and, you know, 21, 15, nine reps of it. And it's supposed to be really fast. I did it. I'm sure none of the reps actually counted. I'm sure my range of motion was garbage, but I threw up. And for me in that moment in life, it was perfect, right? It was, I don't recommend that's how you introduce CrossFit to most people nowadays. But for me, I was like, this 95 pound barbells light and just destroyed me. It piqued my interest. And of course I went all in and, you know, signed up for my level one. I had to open up two credit cards because I, you know, I could only have a $500 limit. Um, and I, you know, so, and it was a thousand dollars at the time. So I had to get two credit cards and I printed every uh, journal article that was ever written at the time the CrossFit journal and just started reading them, you know, like reading things on a computer, I guess, wasn't as like cool back then. So I just printed everything, which in retrospect may have been a waste of paper. Um, but, um, and so I made, you know, long story short is I trained and made it to the CrossFit games just because I said I was going to go to the CrossFit games and, you know, a lot different than, than it is now. And, but, um, you know, so I, I, I made it and Reebok was, they, I got a call and they're like, we want to sponsor you. And I was like, I was 22, right? And it's like, come on, get out of here, right? Like, you know, and, and I just think it was, it was so funny. Like the, the, whatever dollar amount it was, it was like, I was a millionaire, right? Like you're going to pay me to work out and wear, wear free clothes. Yeah, sign me up. So I went there and, I, and, the, and, and they had just opened the gym there. It was like, I mean, they just signed the, the partnership. And, and I just remember, and this is one of those things where, like a moment in, in you don't realize that changes your life forever. And I was talking to the person that was in charge, uh, Mike, and I was like, well, if you ever need someone to, you know, help you coach here, let me know. You know, I'm a coach and it seems like this is, you know, pretty cool opportunity. So yeah, I'm, I'm here. I just, I just, you know, I just literally threw my name in the hat because it was like, yeah, we're growing, getting more members. And like a week later, they're like, yeah, well, uh, We'd like to have you out here. And it was risky because it was, I was working full-time in Albany. It's where my girlfriend li was living. I was living with her, my now wife. And I had a full-time coaching job. And I'll never forget this. Jason Ackerman, who's still in, in the space, and I, and I talk about him all the time because he gave me my first full-time job. He said, I'm going to pay you $23,000 a year and I'll, to be a full-time coach. And I was like, uh, again, I'm a millionaire. I'll never forget. I was like, you're, you're going to pay me what? Guaranteed? Like, I don't got to like, you know, I could just like, I have, a, I have salary. I'll never forget that moment. I don't get 60% of the, of the personal training that I get working and running this gym. Right. Like it wasn't like, I was like, it wasn't like blood money. It was like, oh, like you who have a job. I was like, wow. You know, so I was, I was working there, but the risk, you know, with, with um, you know, going to, to Reebok was, it was like a contract gig, you know? And like, so I was like, all right, well, they could just basically say, see you later. But I was like, you know, this opportunity is really unique. And I, and I told myself, I was like, well, I might as well go give it all I got and give him every reason not to ever, you know, kick me to the curb. And I figured I'll throw my name in the hat. And I, you know, and I, and I, so I moved out to Boston and, um, you know, outside of Boston. And 
that's how I ended up working there. And then, you know, fast forward 10 years, it was, it was sort of like, if you show competency in the face of necessity, you have the opportunity to grow and, and get new opportunities. And that's what, you know, that's what, you know, in, in probably the best summary of 10 years at Reebok was we had a lot of opportunities and we had to show up. We had to do things, we had to grow and we did some good things there. So, um, you know, and even still, like with with my like I said, you know, to my wife, you know, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, like don't come out here till you get a job. We were separated for a year. Like those are just things that, like, you you look back and easily could have found a lot of reasons not to do something that would have been comfortable. And and I just remember, like, it wasn't even a question. I was like, oh, we'll do this. Like, we'll figure it out because that's what I what we what I wanted to do, and we did it. And again, fortunate to have a partner that's like, sure, like you know. I think that's important, right? Like, you know, because then I got on seminar staff that same year as well. So it was like sort of a whirlwind year. Like 2010 was the year that, you know, like, you know, but that, you know, at the expense of being corny, that changed everything. Mm -hmm. I went to the CrossFit Games, got on seminar staff, and basically started the opportunity at Reebok. Something that stood out to me that maybe we have, maybe I haven't drawn parallels to before that what you were saying is at the beginning. And we talk about motivation and we talk about inspiration and we talk about what drives change. And so you said you had gotten kicked out of school and then it was like, I got to do something different. But then you, I think the important piece is that for you, it was CrossFit. For me, it was CrossFit. But is it, is it that you found something to sink, to sink your teeth into, to where it was like this life is better than the life that I had. I'm willing to make the sacrifices to make this my life rather than doing the same things I was doing before. Cause like you said at the gym, like you're a creature of habit. This is, this is fun. This is good. This is what works for me. And then when it wasn't and you, and you found something else, do you think it was that you already had that motivation or once you saw the, the lifestyle and what that could bring you different, is that what kept driving you forward? I, I think, I think the, so I, I think CrossFit, what, for me, it was, it could have been anything. And what I mean by that is anything with a, a few specific ingredients. It, and it was where I was emotionally. I was in a pretty raw spot. So having the humility to know that something needs to change. I think that's really, really important. And I think you can't create that artificially. Life needs to put you in that position, right, where – you're in a position where you have the ability to look at yourself. You have the ability to be disappointed in yourself, to be raw, because that's when change occurs. Change doesn't occur when you're guarded, when you're safe. And so there's that moment that allows that change. And then CrossFit was, for me, it was something that was really hard, performance-driven. And it was, and that's why I latched on the competition piece, because I, I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. Yet I, there were scores, there was times, there was lifts that I was like, wow, like, okay. I remember getting the 2008 and nine CrossFit Games like a, a program. That the, I bought it and they got it shipped. And, and it had every athlete that went and it had all their scores of workouts and lifts and, 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 and max effort stuff. And I just went through and I circled every one of them that were the best. So I was like, well, if I can take the best of all the athletes that were there and try to beat them, I should be pretty good at this. Uh, it seems like it makes sense. Let's do those workouts a lot. And that's what I did. And, and, and it gave me purpose. And I think that's, and I, I didn't, 
I didn't understand the, the, the methodology of CrossFit and the life-changing power that it has. And it's, you know, unbelievably potent stimulus to actually change life and drive adaptation. I was like, I'm just going to try to win. And so I started out as a competitor. Then I started to learn about nutrition because then, you know, CrossFit is nutrition program, right? Like meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, all that good stuff. And I was like, all right. I read the uh, article about the zone. I was like, well, if I want to be the best, then I need to follow this. So then I changed my nutrition like overnight. And you know, prior to that, I was just, I don't know, I guess you could say an idiot like most of us, like in, in, the, in the most endearing sense of the word of like, I just ate food, right? Like I was just hungry, I'll eat something, a pasta, sandwiches, chips, whatever. Started weighing and measuring food. That changed everything, right? Because now it made me think about like, all right, well, there's the, you know, eating and f nutrition is arguably the, what takes up most of people's lives, right? When you think about people's lives. So, that, so now my lifestyle started to change. And... And then, and, and so what, and what CrossFit is so unique at, and that's what I found over time was that then I dove into the actual methodology. I went to my level one and there was something special, something new. It was, it was mind blowing to me that we're going to teach proper mechanics of movement and it makes sense. There's actually theory behind what we're doing. We define fitness. We define CrossFit. We define our terms. We have goals. It's measurable, observable, and repeatable. And it was emotionless. It was just results. And that is something that for me at that time was so liberating. Was that like I would do a workout and I wouldn't do good and it was crushing. But I knew that I could get better at it. How? Well, get better at things you suck at. So do things you're not good at. I could not jump rope when I started CrossFit. Couldn't do it. It took me like three months to do a double under because I'm not athletic or coordinated. You know that. <laughs> But I'm willing to work as hard as anyone else to learn things. So nothing came easy. And, and I didn't, but it was also so young, CrossFit, like you didn't know. Like I didn't know anyone else that really did CrossFit. So I was like, all right, everyone sucks at this. At least that's what I told myself to like feel better about when I was broke another jump rope out of frustration, right? And, and that's, you know, like, you know, fast forward where we are now, I think it's a lot harder to start CrossFit for those that, have an athletic background or think they do because you have to be even more humble than you've ever been. Cause there's all these other just unbelievable people out there. You just have, you know, random people that walk into a gym and they can do double unders. Like, how did you do that? Right. But, but 15 years ago, you didn't know anyone. <clears throat> you were just doing double unders in a parking lot in your apartment complex. Again, kind of back to the same point. You need to talk about nutrition is I try to drive this home on the podcast to where you made life changing, life changing decisions because you weren't happy with where you were at. You were raw. And I think a lot of people in the nutrition world that are sick and they are sick measurably off of, off of health biomarkers to where things aren't good. And, and even at that, they're not at this, this rock bottom piece or this raw piece yeah. to be able to see, Hey, this, uh, this door that I'm in right now is not the right one for me. Sure, we're creatures of habit and we like being comfortable. But how could, how could you get someone that didn't have the same motivation as you had, someone who is, let's just say, unhealthy? I think sometimes people get offended by the word sick. Eh, you know, call it what it is. But 
how do you how do you say, hey, listen, this is going to be really uncomfortable for you to change, but once you change it, you will be mad that you didn't change it a, a day before, a second before, a year before, your entire life because of how much better, because of how much out there there is for you. How do you get someone that doesn't have the same motivation or dedication that you do? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's really tough from the sense of a, a lifestyle change. And I think the human body is so good at optimizing its current state. And what I mean by that is you can be f- putting in real garbage and you can live your life. And you, and you said people get offended when you say sick or unhealthy because the problem is they don't know it, right? And if they do, it's usually like, you know, you're told to take some type of medication to overcome it, right? It's like, oh, I can just, you know, take this pill or take this shot or whatever it is and I'll be healthy again, right? It's, it's a mask, if you will, mm. right? It's not, it's not actually fixing the root cause. So we have this, this, this psychology around it like where there's not a problem, right? And, and there's also the psychology of, you know, that a healthy diet is restrictive versus this whole like notion of let me live my life, right? If there's one thing that makes me more frustrating than is when people, let me live my life. And that I think, and the reason why I say that is because oftentimes that, it's like, what does that mean? Well, I want to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. Okay. Why? Right. If you start keep asking, you got, I think you got to start asking you these, these questions. Why? When you ask that question, if someone's actually willing to, to, to dive into it, they usually get emotional, right? Because it usually leads to some sort of psychological insecurity that they're carrying, right? And so then the next step is, okay, what's your lifestyle look like? And let's just start to make a change. Because everyone likes results and everyone likes to feel better, get more, get more results, whatever. No one's like, I'm going to do this and I'm really excited to get nothing in return. Like, I don't care who you are. It's like, you know, altruism, like, does it truly exist? It's like, well, I don't know, right? It's like, there's always some sort of selfish motive, whether you like, and, and, and I believe that, and I don't think it's a bad thing. It's like, I'm going to take this bullet for my wife or my kid. There's a selfish drive there of like, yeah, like I'm going, I'm doing that, right? So when it comes to nutrition, it's like, yeah, like let's, let's, we need to measure something, right? Because that's another thing. It can't just be like, this esoteric thing of like, well, you know, I'm going to change, like it needs to be systematic, change one thing. And then, and, and it needs to be something you can do consistently for it's low, low hanging fruit for those that are, you know, really struggling drinking sodas and all this other stuff. It's like, well, let's just cut back a little bit on that. I mean, you've worked with dozens of people where you've made small changes and it's changed their life. Right. And I think that's also something that like, when you look at someone that's, you know, in a, in a space and they're an extreme, right. It's intimidating because it seems unattainable. And quite frankly, it might be for certain individuals. But the reality is most people just need to make small steps and have that awareness. It's like, and and I think you take the same approach with kids, right? We want, like, I mean, you have a little kid, so do I. We don't deprive, like we, our our kids aren't, they're not eating bark and grass. And they're, you know, like, it's like, no, like they will have like a bag of chips or whatever it is, right? But over time, like if you just, teach them and there's consistency within what they're eating. Like, I watch what, what, what Haley eats, my daughter. I'm like, wow, like, you know, grapes are a dessert. Uh, you know, she'll also have an ice cream once in a while, but she'll ask for grapes more than an ice cream, right? It's edu- she's educated enough. 
And she's also not, it's not one thing. She'll grow up and she'll know that, okay, I can have these treats or these foods that aren't as good, but that's not what I'm always consuming. And I think that that's key is that it's, when you look at someone that has extreme discipline or extremes in anything, it is intimidating for a lot of people. And for people like you and me that love to work out, that, that all of this stuff, I think it's also, it's a, a lot of people are like, I don't want to work out. Okay, I get that. There are things that I don't want to do, but I do because it's part of life. You know, it's like, I don't love power washing my house, but I really should so my house can last longer, right? Like, like it's not like, man, this is a really an exciting endeavor. I don't know. I've seen you do some really weird tasks that you've really enjoyed. So. Yeah, I mean, I do like cutting the lawn in a weight vest and things like that, but like, you know, but- Exactly. Right. So, and I think, and I think that's just it is finding that consistency and, um, and it just, it nutrition is like religion. It's like politics. Like people get wild about it. And I'm like, listen, like, you know, and try it. And listen, if you want to be wild about some sort of thing, great. Like try it out. Like you want to fast, great fast. You want to, you know, not eat certain things eat. You know, it's like awesome, but, but let's be systematic about it and let's not be dogmatic about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always said discipline equals freedom. You know, people have written books about it. There's been movies about it. Every podcast of any, you know, former Navy SEAL and, and, and it drives home this point, but I think there's, there's a disconnect between the, the Jockos and the David Goggins and I mean, anyone else yeah. to where, you know, you see the videos of, of Goggins jogging being like, you want something, you fucking wake up and do it. I was 400, you know, X amount of pounds, couldn't even finish a 400 meter run, went home, cried his eyes out and then just, and then just snapped. Right. And, and you go down that journey, but it's so true to where people are like, let me live. And as a coach or trainer, you're like, I'm trying. Like I'm like, this is what I want you to be able to do. And Maybe I'm one that has a little bit more of that than than others to where people will see, you know, on a weekend, I'm like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to drink some Miller Lights. And by some, I mean, I'm going to have, you know, a dozen of them. Yeah. Before and then, nine o'clock. <laughs> and some people will look at that and be like, well, Connor does whatever he wants. It's like, no, yes, I've become completely addicted to the lifestyle of training to eating well, to taking care of my body, to feeling that good. I know the detriments of this, but I mean, let's call a spade a spade. If that's something I want to do, there's like this whole like earning thing. And it's like, no, I live my life in a way so that this doesn't completely derail me to where that's now my lifestyle. Now I'm sick because of this. Now I'm you know morbidly obese. Now I can't make it up the stairs. I've got to take the elevator. And maybe I'm not the best example to be able to give to people. And that's, and and those are decisions that, that, you know, I deal with on a daily basis of even though I can do this, is this what I should be doing to motivate others? Because now I've dedicated my life to the craft of, of training and helping other people with these, but it's, there's this disconnect to where like discipline does allow you to do what you want to do. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I think that's just the discipline and then opportunity. And I think that's something that is really important to, because, you know, again, think about 
yourself, right? I, I know, I know you well, but in, in you're, if you're willing to do one thing, you're also willing to do the other thing, right? Where, Hey, tomorrow morning, we got to wake up at four 30 and do this. Okay. No matter what happens the next day, right? That's discipline. It's not fun. Right. And that's the thing. Like everyone's like, Oh, cause you know, I wake up at four 30 every day. They're like, Oh, does it get easier? No, at no point in time. I'm like, well, oh, this is awesome. At four 30 in the morning. Like, no, like it sucks. Like, and no matter what, like last night, Haley was up like five times for some reason. Cool. Right. But it's a, it's weakness to succumb to the excuses that are, that are so easy to listen to, but then there has to be, then, then what is the opportunity? And also giving yourself that credit. I think sometimes like this notion of like discipline also is very restrictive. And that's where I think that the disconnect is when people see or hear discipline, they think bad, right? Because when you think about discipline growing up, it's like you're getting in trouble. Disciplined, yes. Right? As opposed to, no, like I'm making this choice. Well, why do you do it? Because I feel better after the fact, right? Like, like I feel like, and there are times where, and, and, and also setting expectations, right? Like working out, for example. Sometimes a workout can just be a check the box. I did it today. We don't need to like, you know, really push forward and make some sort of life-changing event in the gym. Just movement. And some days, you know, you can really go for it, right? But just checking the box is powerful. And, and then discipline will oftentimes lead to opportunity because it puts you in positions that others are not. And, and I think that this is where everyone gets motivated by different things, but I think a lot of people want success. And success is either with their job, with their family, with their relationship, with fitness, whatever it might be. So the, the more that you adhere to a disciplined lifestyle, and what that means is you adhere to the lifestyle that you are choosing consistently. That's what, whatever that might be. Like, I don't think everyone needs to wake up at 4.30 and work out. Like, I, people that work out at 8 p.m. at night, I'm like, man, you're an amazing human being. Like, I, I hate it. Right? Like, for me, my lifestyle works a little different. Everyone's a little different. But that's that, that's that consistent piece. And, and then when an op, when opportunity presents itself, that's when you need to take a risk. You have to do something. And I think that's, and that's the scary part, the discipline to actually do something, to actually jump through that door. It's like, you know what, we're going to do this, start a business, talk to someone, engage in a relationship, have a, a, a really challenging conversation with a coworker. Like opportunities present itself and it's easy not to because that's the status quo, right? Most people probably can relate to someone that they work with, they work for, that works for them, that they, they know they need to have a conversation with. That's uncomfortable. They're unhappy with them, but no one wants to have those conversations. They're not fun. And there's always an opportunity where like, this is it. And you kind of like sit there and you're, you're kind of like sweaty a little bit. Like you feel like, like you, the, the lower half of your body like starts to levitate and you're like, what's happening? Like, this is the moment, right? <laughs> And that's when I believe we are defined because it's those, because you can read as many books as you want, right? You can, got to do something. And doing stuff, at the risk of what? Losing a friend or having a challenging conversation, having a shitty workout, losing a competition, failing at a business, not getting a job, like all of those things. But, I mean, and the one thing you hear from every single person in any level of success is, got to do stuff and you're going to fail. I mean, if there's one and, but 
very rarely are people like, well, how do you like, you just, you, there's opportunities in those moments and there's no handbook for that. There's no podcast that's going to teach you that, you know, and you'll, and if you don't, if you continually don't do anything in those moments, you'll lie to yourself that those moments haven't come for you. Like mm-hmm. that, I mean, that, cause that's easy. Trust me. Like we all went through those points in our life where like nothing ever goes my way or everything, like all of this stuff. That's super easy. And again, intoxicating, but you know, and, and, and again, the ruthless aspect of this, my dad used to tell me this growing up, was like, you need those people in life. And, and like, what does that mean? It's like, well, there's a lot of different jobs and, and roles for people in life. And, and that's why we have a lot of people. And there are certain, like, there are jobs and things you're like, I don't want to do that. Well, don't, Yeah. you know, and you have the opportunity, but Unfortunately, the world needs to go around. So there, those, and, and I think that that's something that people don't like to talk about, but it's the truth. It's like we have a, we have a system in the world that uh, there's a lot of different things that you can do. And that's what's amazing. People forget that, like in the United States of like, you can be pretty unmotivated. You can be pretty unimpressive and live a really good life. You know, like you can, like, and you can, you know, clock in at nine, clock out at five, have your hour lunch and care very little to zero about whatever you're doing and live a really comfortable life from a a lot, like, you know, what you want to do in the periphery of that. I can't forget that. Now that, that to me sounds like hell, right? I will do anything in my power never to do that because I don't want to do that, but that's up to me. You've also done it. Yeah. One of my favorite videos, I actually, I, I screen recorded it and I realized that the quality sucked. And then, so I downloaded this app to rip from things from YouTube. It's a great app. Now my browser only searches things in Yahoo, which is really frustrating. I, I got to get rid of this. It's some yeah. sort of virus. It's a dark web thing. Yeah, <laughs> not, careful. Not the, not the part of the story, but you probably know, or you'll know very quickly which video it is. And it's of you. It's featured on CrossFit. You, I think, ripped it and put it on your YouTube channel, which is what I was trying to steal it off of because I couldn't find it from CrossFit. But it is less than a minute video, and it's so profound because it comes from you. And I've seen before, backtracking to when you were like, I'm just not coordinated and I struggle at this stuff. I've done new movements with you, and I've been better at most of them initially Mm -hmm. until the amount of work has to go into it for you to get good and then continuously work harder because I had the natural ability to do double unders. But now on any double under workout, you're still going to mop the floor with me, even though I had the initial skill because you're willing to work harder. And that's not the part of it that's important. The part that's important is when you're in the video granted you're in the Albany resort in the Bahamas Mm. pushing a sled and, but the point still rings true. And, and what you said was the second you think you're the only person going through it, you've lost, you're a loser. And, and it may sound harsh to some people, but if you would have taken that attitude with anything that I was naturally better than you at, or I say, I, anyone around, any one of your competitors, anyone that you worked with, anyone who's applying for the same job, as soon as you say, well, they got it because of this, so it's okay. 
then you've lost. Then you become a loser. And that, and it's that feeling sorry for yourself piece that it's so hard to get across to someone. It's that, that same mentality that you just said, oh, these opportunities don't come my way or, yep, this happens to me. And it's funny because I've been there and I've been in that attitude space and people want to talk about outlook and people want to talk about manifestation or whatever you want it to be. But it's, it's that attitude that you almost see trickle down to where it is motivation, discipline, nutrition, exercise, there's all these different things to where that's the attitude that, that goes across the board. And you've been willing to put in the work and why you've had the success you've had, whether it's easy, hard, more difficult for you, or you're the last person that either deserved or was qualified for a position, you did it regardless. There was nothing that was going to stop you from, from doing that because you were willing to put in the work. And I think that's, that's incredibly inspiring. And I, and I, um, if we can, we'll try to put that video in there. Cause it's just, it's such a powerful thing out of all about a lot of the things that you've taught me. That was such a powerful video. Do you ever reflect back on that being like, maybe I was a little too hard. Maybe I was a little too soft on it. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I, and I, it's like mid workout. Right. And you know, I think, and I think I, I, I love that video, right. Because you, you know, like post-workout mid-workout, you're you have these moments of like clarity, right? Like, and oftentimes too, too much honesty and you're like, you're fired up. But like, I think, I mean, I'll, I'll still tell anyone that where it's like, I think that's spot on of, it's not about you, you know? And I think that that's, what's important is that it's about, it's a, and, and when you think that it's about you, you've, you've lost, right? And, and that's something that for me, cause it's, and here's, I think, the, the disconnect is it doesn't mean you're never going to have these feelings or thoughts. It's actually the opposite. They're always going to be there. You're always going to feel sorry for yourself. It's how you respond to that initial feeling. The, oh, poor me. The, I can't believe I'm in this situation. This is happening to me, no one else. And because, and, like, I remember when I was sitting in the woods, when I was shipped away for two months in the middle of Utah, life turned upside down hiking 12 miles a day, no contact to any other humans other than the 10 people I was around. I remember sitting against a tree, looking down, I looked at my hands, right? Like something that's probably weird, but like, and you look at it and, and, I, and I just remember like, like I, was, I, was, I went through the thought process, like these are my hands. And two days ago I was living my normal life and now I'm in the, like, like I'm in the middle of the woods and, and I have no control over my life. And I, just, I felt sorry for myself looking at myself, no matter where I am, like, I just like, I just felt so alone. And I felt so helpless because I was like, it was, it was someone else's fault. It was my parents' fault. It was whomever, right? And I was just like looking at myself, right? Where like, you know, very rarely you have those moments. And, and, and this was not a positive moment. It was, an, I was, I was as weak as you could be trying to find any way to, sh bl you know, you know, blame shift and, and figure other things out as opposed to and not in, in, it could I was never in the mindset there to ever even think through this, but like, it's my fault. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make this right. I don't know how to make it right, but I gotta figure this out. I'm not the only one in this position. Cause I, I remember everyone, all the other kids around me that were shipped away too. I said, I'm not like them, right? I'm, I'm better than them. I'm different, right? You go through this, this nasty cycle as opposed to 
like, again, you know, pushing that sled in that video of like, yeah, like I'm just, you know, like there's nothing special about me. I just got to keep working hard. And when I think that there's something special about me or that, that I'm feeling sorry for myself, I got to snap out of that and keep pushing. And, and on that, what, what are your motivators, right? I would always tell myself, and I still to this day, tell myself that someone's working harder, someone is better, someone's bigger, faster, stronger. And, and you can take that physically, you know, mentally, whatever it is. And that to me is because that pushes away the fact of like, I'm working so hard. Who cares? I, like no one cares. Someone else is working harder than you. So you're not special. All right, I got it. And, and it's not, it's not a comp. And that's what I love about CrossFit, right? And, that, and I think that's what we learned is that in the beginning, you think it's me versus you. It's not. And it's not the whole me versus me thing. No, it's, it's, it's inspirational, motivating. That you're working out next to me, busting your ass. I need to do that too. I'd, I, I'd like to catch you. That's motivating. It's, it's called a pull, right? Runners, you always have a runner in front of you that's pulling you. And if you go too far, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not attainable. Trick yourself. That person's right in front of me. I can catch him. I can catch him. I'm never going to catch you, but I'm just going to say that. If a runner's three miles in front of you, it's like, doesn't matter. Too far. And then you feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. And I think about that in, in CrossFit workouts. When I was in St. Thomas, you know, I had, I had Chris Irwin down there, um, one of my best friends, and he was very fit. And then when we got to like the individual competition, when I really decided to like, like buckle down, and I was like, I want to compete. I want to do whatever it takes to get here. And I, and I cut out all the other shit I was doing. And I got to the point where I was winning every workout. And no one was close to me. And then when I got to Reebok, I was, I mean, it was you, Spencer, James. I would be lucky once a week to not finish to dead last in a workout. And at first, like, it was humbling. And at first, it was like, I, I didn't want to do workouts next to you guys. Why? Because my ego didn't want to lose another workout. Well, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to scale and change to this. Oh, that weight is heavy. It's like, it's capable. I'm capable of it. I'm just not going to do well. And until I realized how much that was benefiting me and how, how much better that was making me to where if I would have stayed the route of St. Thomas Connor athlete and where I where I moved to when I came up here, I was a much, I, I was the same size fish, I guess. It's just the ocean was way bigger and the amount of fish that were bigger than me was, was just unmeasurable. Yeah. And, and when, when those things started happening to when, you know, you'd be a mile ahead of me in a workout, it was just kind of like, Oh, feel sorry for myself. Yeah. I should have done X, Y, Z. But if we're running and you're 10 meters in front of me in the last 400 meters of a running workout, in your head, you know exactly, I know exactly what Connor's going to do. Right. And me, it's like, I can catch him and attain this. And the, the beauty of it is that it doesn't fucking matter who wins, who no. comes out of it. The fact that there's both pull and push. Yep. You had the pull of, of bringing me through and I had the push of being like, I don't want to lose this. Did it matter? At the end of the day, did you get, you know, did you get more... You know, did you get a bigger bonus from Reebok from me after winning that workout? No. Right. Yeah, and and I think that that's the, and 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 you can, and and psychologically you can always play games with yourself. And I think, you know, a lot of a lot of people that are new to CrossFit or don't know CrossFit, they think it's super competitive or super intense, and they like they're not ready for it or it's dangerous or things like that. Where it's like, it's 
it, that's not the case, right? And it, it, it's a, it's, it makes sense. It's a common misconception. But like, when first off, when you're working out in a group, most people are not worried about anyone other than themselves, right? It's a very, very few athletes that actually are super aware of everyone else. And those are the competitive athletes where that might matter, right? But everyone else is, is they're getting support from each other by just that energy. But you can also like, I, I, like when I work out with people that either are way fitter than me or, or, you know, they're starting out, I'll just tell myself that they're right next to me in a workout. Like it doesn't like that. Oh, they're, they're a few reps behind. They're not, you know, like I, wherever they are, I trick myself because it pushes me. That allows me to get another level of intensity. And I have no idea where they are. I really have no idea what they're doing. But for me, that's because that's important. That's something that like, I mean, every morning I work out at, at 5 a.m. with two buddies on Zoom. We've been doing it for two years, right? In my garage and started, in, you know, in the pandemic when, you know, no one could leave their house. And now, you know, we just never stopped, right? But, and it's kind of funny, right? We have no, there's no necessity to do that. It's like, you know, but we do it because it motivates us. One, it's important on the days where you don't want to get up or you don't want to do it. If you have someone else that sells, you're like, oh, yeah, like, we as humans are way more accountable to other people than ourselves, right? I mean, and that's important. And so recognize that weakness in us as human beings. And then two, it is nice to have other people around you to push you to go a little harder because I don't care who you are, how cool you are, how fit you are. When you're alone, you're going to let up when that shit gets hard. Of course you are, right? Because no one's looking. You trick yourself right? Your subconscious is way more powerful than your conscious. And when you're halfway through a workout, you're weak, right? So, 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 but if you see someone else, like, oh, I got to pick it up, right? And that leads to results. And that's the same thing in, 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 in your profession and anything like that. You know, like when you said something that I, I like, that's something that I've just recently, I know I'm still going through is that when you ch make a change to a different venue, so you came out to Reebok and you're like, wow, like these people are really fit. I never had this. Now it's hard, but it made you better. A lot better. I mean, in the in, in, I look at my job now. Like I, I, you know, in my current role at CrossFit, like it's a it's it's a way bigger pond, you know. And and there are people that are so good at their job that have year like decades of experience in in these roles and operations and leadership and and managing companies, leading companies. And it's like, like wow, like I'm learning so much, and it's exhausting sometimes. Sometimes I feel like am I equipped for it? You know, like you, you, you go through that same thing, no different from, from physically. And, I, and that's the, a really cool aspect of CrossFit is that you, you know what's happening because you've been through it physically. And most people don't get that opportunity. After high school, at best, some people may be college. Physically, you're never challenged, right? And I love people's workouts, right? And there's all sorts of fitness out there. And I'm sure a lot of people listen to all sorts of fitness, but I love it all. And movement's important, but CrossFit works and it's the most potent deliverer of fitness in the world. And, you know, and it's hard. Anyone can do CrossFit, but it's not for everybody, right? Because it sucks. You have to learn new things, but anyone can do it. And you learn a lot of things through that process, but it's really hard. I've been doing it for over a decade and I still, you know, and I've, and I competed and all of that stuff. It still sucks. There are still things I'm not great at, but gosh, I, it's, there's, and I've, I've trained for a marathon. 
I've, there's nothing else I still want to do, right? There's nothing else I want to do. Pause. You I didn't, didn't, train, yeah, I didn't train for a marathon. For a, that's fair. That's fair. I, I ran one 10 mile run. I was like, I'm never doing that again until I have to run the marathon. And then you decided, Hey, you know, it'd be really cool. Let's test our fitness. Let's test CrossFit's ability for you to do something. So after getting your flight canceled, yeah, Oof. me going to pick up your brother with your passport so that we can get your bib. Man. I don't know if that's indicting. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. And then you get three hours of sleep. You come over to my house at four in the morning, yeah. deadlift 600 pounds, yeah. and then run the marathon. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you know, like a few things there. One, you know, your CrossFit people always have your back. So Got you. Right. Lesson number one. Number two, thankfully, there's a brother that looks nothing like you can get a bib. That's luck. Three, also, buddies in CrossFit often have trucks that can fit a lot of blue plates in the back of your vehicle. That was an underestimated problem. Yeah. It's a lot of weight. Yep. Which I don't know where it's ended up, but I don't think it's ever moved from wherever we pulled those deadlifts from. Because <laughs> it was a lot. Then from there... If you're going to be dumb, be tough. That's right. That's right. And, 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 and cause we talk about it, right? Like we, we, we want both ends of the spectrum, right? So we want to be able to lift and run. So I was like, well, if I'm going to run a marathon, let's pull, let's make a heavy pull. And, and I did not do a lot of training. I did do 10, one 10 mile run. I listened to, I think like half of an audio book and I was like, okay, I felt, and I, two things I learned there. One, the immense amount of respect for endurance athletes. I was like, wow, these animals just spend hours doing this, the discipline and the commitment to that. Like, I think that they're an under-respected community for that. Cause I did it. And I'm like, I, they're amazing maniacs and I love them for it, but I don't want to do it. Right. And I fell more in love with CrossFit. I was like, man, in one tenth of the time I could get a lot more work done. But in, in, in that, but in the true sense of CrossFit, we got to test those modalities. We got to, we got to get out there. We got to do that stuff. And that's what I love about CrossFit. And again, shocker, I love CrossFit. I mean, yeah. so, sorry, but we are- They're already invested. We're 50 minutes in there. They're in it. Yeah. You know, but there are, I don't think any other fitness programs out there that is so inclusive of every modality and domain where we're going to run long. We're going to swim. We're going to power lift. We're going to do strongman. Like, and that's what really tied me to it is that oftentimes people say, well, CrossFitters, they all, all they do is love CrossFit. Or it's like they're very like CrossFit's the best thing. But if you actually understand CrossFit, that means you love everything from Olympic lifting to run, like you do it all, which is why it's tough and why it's a never ending journey. But the, the amount of communities that I've developed respect for, learned about because of CrossFit is exponential. And the exposure to that I've had because of that. And I think that's really special. And I think that's easily forgotten is that that's the beauty of variance. And specialization is great if you want to do it, just like anything, right? It's like, if you want to be the best at calligraphy handwriting, awesome, right? Like that's a specialty and it takes a lot of work, but I would just like to know some calligraphy and, and other things and be a generalist when it comes to handwriting, right? Same thing with fitness, right? And just so happens that has the most applicability to real life being the generalist. And that's why CrossFit's so special because you're going to pick up odd objects like a strong man. And you know what? You need to be able to run long distances because that's a really important life skill, right? Like arguably that's one of the most important. 
go from point A to point B from a life perspective. Not all the time. Got to be able to squat. Got to be able to put things overhead. And it'd be nice for you to be able to, you know, really do anything that life throws at you. And when you think about a fitness program, there's a lot of things. And it doesn't mean you can't have fun, right? Like, it doesn't mean you can't jump on a trampoline or bang sticks on the ground. Like, if you have fun, like, great. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, people have fun. Like, when I, that doesn't look fun to me, but if it looks like 100 people are having fun, cool. I think that's great. But we also need to understand the applicability to real life. Like, and, and, and it does, they're not, they don't need to be mutually exclusive. I think the disconnect is that the more knowledge you know about CrossFit, the more respect you have for every other discipline. Similarly, the more knowledge you have about every other discipline, the more you respect CrossFit. I had a professional bodybuilder on the podcast a few weeks ago and he was like, oh, like, like, like CrossFitters, like you guys are like the real athletes realizing that there's, there's separation between the two things. And just like you said, like, I can tell you the fastest marathon time in the world. And I have so much unbelievable respect and, and to the dedication that it takes to get to that point for bodybuilders, the amount of discipline that it takes for you to be able to get on that stage and to be able to build yourself in that way for the strongest man in the world to be able to deadlift over a thousand pounds. Like it is unbelievable. And we are not taking away from those people to say, it's not that cool. No, it's really fucking cool. In fact, it's cooler than anything we'll ever do in CrossFit. That is cooler. Yeah. We want to beg, borrow and steal from it. You know, and I think that's the thing where like, that's what we want. We want to beg, borrow and steal from the specialist, learn from them. And you know what? And now like, you know, 15 years into CrossFit, it's like CrossFit's pumped a bunch of people into those specialties because they're like, I love Olympic lifting. Yep. I love this. So I'm going to do that. And that's really cool. You know, I mean, I met a woman, I was at the Arnold Classic. She was in her seventies. She just meddled in a bunch of Olympic lifts. She was like, you know, a grandma, right? It was awesome. Fired up. And she found Olympic lifting through CrossFit, right? And all I amped up, you know, showing me all over medals. I was like, why aren't you wearing the medals? Because there was like, they were like 80 pounds. I was like, hey, keep those in your backpack. But like, I look, I'm like, she found <laughs> Olympic lifting through CrossFit, fell in love with it and meddled. And, and, and she's in her seventies. I'm like, that's it. Like, I love, that's so cool. And, and that is the expression of what CrossFit truly is. One, anyone can do it. Two, it opens up doors that wouldn't have been there. And we love what you want to do. We love, we're going we're gonna to elevate this. You walk in any CrossFit gym, there's people with all sorts of different goals, whether it's just, listen, I want to I look good naked and I want to be healthy. Or I want to get ready for a wedding or I want to run a marathon. I want to be a best Olympic lifter. I want to compete at the CrossFit Games. And you'll see CrossFit gyms shepherding that journey effectively. And, and, it's, and, it, and it, we don't need to you know, extort our members either. In the sense of like, well, I'm the specialist coach, so you're going to pay me $400 an hour. It's like, no, it's the membership. And trust me, it works. You know? Yeah. I mean, we've seen, remember, I mean, this is a quote that's always going around. It's like, in a CrossFit affiliate, you've seen more people lose over 100 pounds than someone who goes to the CrossFit games. Yeah. I mean, probably tenfold. Oh, yeah. And the real magic in what's happening is that I think it gives people that, you know, maybe that's one of the things that people can can hold on to. Maybe just starting CrossFit and and, and keeping that health journey, whether you want to compete or not, 
like sometimes the people will find it. You know, they have we have incredible programs uh, like the Phoenix Multisport. Yep. To where it gives people that have drug and alcohol addictions a way to 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 match the extreme. Yep. It's a way to match the intensity and the addiction of something, but in such a positive light. Yeah. And and it's it's a what it's a free program. Yeah. As long as you're 48 hours sober, you can come in there and throw down and train. And you can start to get addicted to how good your body can feel, the results from it. And there's there's a lot more to it than, you know, the idiots like you and I who right. probably gave it a bad rap at first to where I was the same person. My first CrossFit workout, not my very first one, because there was one that was like ring dips and pistols, mm-hmm. which to be honest with you, if it wasn't my first one, I probably wouldn't have liked CrossFit because there was a bunch of people that were doing CrossFit, yet I could do ring dips and pistols because my ankles will, are gumby ankles and it just happened to have worked out for me. But I, I was in a Globo gym doing Fran on base in San Diego and I called my buddy afterwards and I was like, yeah, it was, it was good. He was like, was it that hard? I was like, no, it wasn't that bad. Again, the same workout Austin was talking about, the thrusters and pull-ups. He's like, how long did it take you? I was like, I don't know, probably like, 25, 30 minutes. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. You got to go as fast as you can. Like some of the fastest times in the world are like four or five minutes. Oh, oh, you got to hang on to that bar. So I went back and I was on like a big, uh, like a gallon of milk a day, trying to drink a lot of milk. So it's, it's a good combo. Yeah. Yep. I did 21 unbroken thrusters. I jumped on the pull-up bar, didn't do a pull-up, came down, threw up all over the gym. That's awesome. And I was like, okay, that was, and it, and it messed me up. And it was it was the it was the me who someone is like wait that's CrossFit and yeah I'm all set like, right you learn a little, learn a little bit better ways to kind of dose some people up yeah you know and 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 I think that like and I think that's the beauty of it but you know with that said like if I didn't get crushed on my first workout I probably would have been underwhelmed right so and I think that that's like the introduction to CrossFit for people is tailored to the individual right and. And it's also where they're at. Like, I mean, when we were when we were at Reebok, there were people that worked at the company for years, but they would just show up on a day. Like, they we were eight years in, and, and they've been at the company for just as long, and they just started. They decided to start CrossFit, and I, and I utilize that as an example. I'm like, and we couldn't have had an easier. There was zero barrier to entry. It was free, mm. free right? And in fact, incentivized you to come on on site, and arguably, if not arguably, the best trainers in the world, and it took them eight years and I I don't fault anyone. That's their journey. And I look at that as it takes time for people to feel ready to do it for whatever reason. And you can't drag someone into the gym in any gym, right? It just doesn't work specifically where something that you are going to be challenged and humbled, right? You need, you need to be ready for that. But I always tell gyms this, you know, like I talk to a lot of gyms, a lot of affiliates, they talk about, the value of CrossFit. What is the value of CrossFit? And I say, you know, well, are people coming to your gym? Yeah. Okay. Do you keep them? Well, not all the time. Like we lose members. That's your fault. Right? Like if people walk in the door, that's the hardest part in any business. They're in your gym. They're in your business. They, they just walked in. Now you got to change your life. Got to, got to care about them. Got to give a shit. You got to listen. You got you got you got you got to learn. You got to be there for them. 
What separates the best CrossFit trainers, the best CrossFit gyms from anyone else? No different than in any business. It's care, right? I, I, there's a story about an auto body shop. I forget who was telling me this. My, blew my mind. They just changed tires, basically. And they were telling about, and the customer said, I was talking to someone that went there, that every time they went to pick up their car, they left a rose on the seat. And it's one of those things where that, one gesture kept everyone going back. They cared. It was just like, wow, like, yeah, it has nothing to do with changing tires or a car, but like, hey, thank you. And here's a little, like, little rose. And it's, you know, a little corny, but also like unique and special, right? Like, and you hear that and you're like, I've never heard of that, right? Like, that's crazy, right? But like, I, and I hear, I'm like, that's it, right? What, because they're there. there. There are vehicles in there, right? Like, they could have just been like, well, whatever, right? But no, they, they get a little extra step. And the same thing when it comes to coaches, like we got to dig in a little bit, right? So, and, and that's, that is the value, right? That's the power of that. I'm going to raise an eyebrow. That's all I need is for you to raise an eyebrow. That's it. And it's going to break my heart if I can't keep you. I obviously won't be, have 100% you know, efficacy there, but it's going to break me in half when I lose somebody. Because I want to know why. I wanna, and and I, I, it's not what's, what's wrong with you. It's what's wrong with me. What did I do wrong? What did I do that, or what could I have done better? And I think that that's something that, and that's another thing in the, in, in, in the fitness world. It's very different. I want 150 members that come every day. I don't want 1,000, 2,000. I want you to come every day because I know that it can change your life. That's my job. Right? And I want you to come consistently. And that's what's really special about it. I remember in St. Thomas, Chris Irwin, who is a gym owner, we were all, I mean, essentially founders in the gym, but Chris and Jen, I mean, ran everything as far as operations. And, you know, I was on, on the ground level with, with all the people. If someone was a paying member and didn't come for that month, he would refund them yeah. without asking, without anything else. And what was so interesting is that he did it from a place of, if you're not here, I don't think you should be paying for it. But when I look back on it, it's like the next month, as opposed to that person canceling and saying, hey, no, I don't want to do this. It's like, wow, they don't just want my money. They want me to go there. Yeah. And it would always retain the members. And I think that whether it's from a contrived setting of being like, hey, this might help with this, but or from Chris of just being genuine, like, hey, I'm not going to charge you for this if you're not utilizing the services. I mean, that was what was bringing people back in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's care. It's like, wow, this person cares about me, right? Yeah. And it drove change. And I think that's just it. How do we drive change? And, and, and also, I mean, and that's a really important business lesson that's easily overlooked is that, you know, what are you doing now that can benefit you in the long term, right? As opposed to, well, I got the money today, so see you later. As opposed to, I care, I care more about, you know, the LTV, if you want to get nerdy about it, you know, this lifetime value of a client as opposed to what am I getting today? And if you care about something like that, it means you have to care about your people and the product that you're delivering because it's got to be consistent. And that's what I love about the space like this is that it allows small business owners to, and it allows entrepreneurs and people that care to actually do unique things. It's hard to do that in big business. But when you're an entrepreneur running a CrossFit gym, it's, you know, you have a lot of power to do real good, right? doesn't mean it's easy, but you can do things like that. That's really special where if you work in a big system, very rarely can you do things like that.
Because on paper, it might not make sense, but you know in reality it does. And that, and that dichotomy is really challenging you know, when it comes to business. And, but when you run your own, it's something that's really special. Another thing about CrossFit that's really unique is that you know, the thousands of gyms we have, is they're all different. Some do it great, some struggle, but that's how we get better, right? And there's, you know, there's really no other model like that, right? I don't like being told what to do. So that's why I like CrossFit. CrossFit, literally, it's like, hey, go, do your business and do you. And we're here if we want to help, like, like, and, and everyone else is too. Ask for help. And that's what you do. If there was any takeaways from this for someone who's never stepped in an affiliate, potentially even small business owners that do their own thing, that have their own type of training, um, just because we're, you know, we're running, we're, we're just over an hour now. And um, is there anything not, not, I mean, I could talk to on blue in the face as you could about like how incredible CrossFit is, but just, I think the lessons of care, obviously someone can take that directly back into their business and be like, all right, here's what we're going to do. But I mean, anything for, for those people to where it's like, Hey, I'm just, you know, it's not for me. You said CrossFit's for anyone, not for everyone. Yeah. Anything that you, any piece of advice that you want to give them from all of your years of business, whether it is getting over 3000 people on a cruise ship um, that weren't all in yep. CrossFit, which again was cool because the, the intermixing of that, That's right. um, of the you know different businesses that you've started, work we've done together your entire life and past, you know, what, it, what is another thing that can, that you think can help, um, you know, help people that are trying to help people? I think that, that, that it's not for me, right? If that's like, oh, you know, CrossFit's not for me. Why? Ask yourself that question and be honest. And and it's not a an indictment. It's not a you know a, a an, an adversarial or condescending question. It's like, well, why? And what do you currently do? Why do you do that? I, I don't know these answers, but you got to ask yourself them. And then always challenge yourself. As just because what you're doing today doesn't mean it's the only way, the right way, or the optimized way. Try it out. Like anything, and I, and I think if you're in the world of CrossFit, you got to do the same thing, right? But, you know, Connor's a good example of that you try all sorts of shit out. There's nothing that you haven't done, right? I mean, trust me. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's an admirable characteristic, you know? And I think from a CrossFit perspective, we should think through the same. And if you're like, I, you, know, you know, I don't know if I want to do this or it's not for me, you know, I think that at the 10,000-foot view, Why? I can, I mean, and I can, you get uncomfortable. It's like, well, why don't you talk to your neighbors? Well, I just don't talk to them. I don't like them. Why? I've never talked to them. Why? You can get into a, you can challenge yourself like, okay, I actually got to be a better person. Right. Or have a two-year-old child. That's right. Why? Right. Exactly. Why? And you just, and you start answering these questions like, my God, I actually don't really answer that. Because I said so. That's right. You just leave. Right. Logical. You know, so, so I think that that's a really good challenge and, and, you know, and, I, and I, for anyone, right, fitness is, is something that I believe it should be a part of all of our lives, and it should be something that is fun, right? And, it, that's a, and that's trust that CrossFit can be fun and also challenging, and nothing in life that's worth it is easy. And that's the most important thing, that anything in your life that you're proud of, 
that you that you think back on was there was a challenge, there was a hurdle, and then and there was there was something that you can look back on. And that that's the one thing you should trust that CrossFit will always deliver. You'll do things that you've never done in your life before. Anyone that walks into a CrossFit gym will do something you've never done in your life before. That is special. And so just maybe tr- in the beginning, you're like, no, I'm never going to do that. I can't do any of that. Trust that it does happen. And maybe that's enough to get you in there to try it out. How can we find you on social media? Um, so social media is just a Maliolo is just my, that's a Instagram and Twitter first initial last name. M A L L E O L O. Lots of vowels. Um, <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's basically a yeah, Twitter. I'm, you know, Instagram is, you know, I try to post once a week. Now my, my game is slipping as I've become older and more of a loser. Um, I do like one like CrossFit post and like then I'm like I, I'll mix it with like a, po- a picture of my kid working out you, is about what you get at this point. Um, yeah. So other than that, and then I think I have an email in my Instagram and, and uh, so you can always click that and, and email me. And I try to get back to every email as long as it's not like, you know, some weird spam looking thing. So stress me out. If you guys have questions for Austin, um, <clears throat> like I said, Instagram, feel free to email. I always say like, yo, just go ahead and drop your comments. The Video portion is on YouTube. We have it on on uh, Spotify and Apple too. So, but I'm always nervous and reluctant to say, "Hey, drop comments on YouTube," because sometimes people are mean. Yeah, but you, I, I'm on you. I, uh, you can always tag in YouTube. And you can tag me same username. So if you drop a comment and you can tag me in YouTube, and it'll notify me that you did a comment. Awesome. So, and I'll get back to you, even if it's mean. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Thick skin. Yeah. Um, and then you can always find us at Big Night Fitness. Um, my handle at Connor T Murphy with one N and appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you staying with us. Um, thank you, Austin, for coming in in the early morning. He had to train at four 30 this morning rather than the normal five o'clock right. dad sesh, but, um, always appreciate it. Always grateful for everything you've done for me and my life in in more ways than one. And, uh, look forward to having you back on here. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. Thanks brother.